Carlos Correa, Frankie Montas, Johnny Cueto, so much more coming with Ted Schwerzler on today's episode of Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to Lockdown Twins. Today is Monday, March 21st. I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker, here with Ted Schwarzler. The people have asked for Ted, as usual, and he's here. Ted, how's it going? How's it been uh, over the last week? A lot of twin stuff. I know you and I live for this, so how's it been? Yeah, for, for sure. I mean, I, I think, you know, we, we put up with a lockout for as long as we had to, and we kind of knew that this craziness was coming, and when and if that windfall was going to happen was kind of up in the air but yeah it's been fun to see it all happen at once especially for a team that really like yeah they could have went gangbusters on the free agent market but really they've they've kept us on our toes with where moves are coming from i'm sure you know ted but ted schwerzer is a writer at twins daily at tl schwerz on twitter you can see it on youtube if not at tl schwerz on on uh twitter ted a couple of off seasons ago, I remember, and we've been writing at Twins Daily together for over two years now, and Ted's been there a lot longer than I have. But I remember a couple of off seasons ago, and the Twins are coming off 2019, and they had won 101 games and got swept out of the playoffs. I remember you wrote an article about Anthony Rendon. And at the time, I remember the response was, there's no chance they sign Anthony Rendon. There's no way. There's no, sign, there's no way they sign Garrett Cole. There's no way they sign Anthony Rendon. And for so long... That's been the case, and I'm thinking of that because we had the same thought this offseason for Carlos Correa, maybe even more so than someone like Garrett Cole, I think, because it just it wasn't even fathomable. And now Carlos Correa is a twin. What was your immediate reaction? I think you woke up um, Saturday morning. What did you think? Yeah, it, it's still crazy. It's still like a pinch me type thing because, yeah, you're right. Like the twins, I think – I've really railed against the whole like small market, mid market, whatever. Like that's not really a thing. Every owner has money to spend. It's how much, you know, they're willing to spend or how much they're willing to overpay for a guy that may not like the climate or the organization or whatever. But yeah, for the twins to sign arguably the best or one of the best position players that was a free agent this year is just nuts. And yeah, I was, I went to bed Saturday or Friday night thinking like we're probably close to Trevor's story. I was getting a little frustrated that, I mean, we're 18, 19 days out from opening day and there's really no clarity there. Uh, and my fiance woke me up on Saturday morning. I had a race. And so she had seen it at like 2, 3 a.m. and didn't want to wake me up. And <laughs> she wakes me up and goes, yeah, the twins signed Carlos Correa. And I'm like, no, they didn't. No. <laughs> yeah. And I look at my phone and I'm like, no they did it like it just and i was talking with someone that connected to the twins um on friday night just about like it was a it was an assumed thing that correa was going to go back to the astros and that's really mm -hmm. what they were waiting on with story is story probably wanted to use that deal or see some of that money and hey how do i position myself and now we see i mean what two days later he signed with the red sox or yesterday so yeah i mean it, it's insane that that they have Carlos Correa. It is crazy. Just Let me ask you, Ted. So Trevor Story signs, I believe it was six for 140 with Boston. 
Would you rather have Trevor Story for 6 and 140 or Carlos Correa in this unique contract? So for those who don't know, it's three years. It's 105.3 million. That number is not an arbitrary number. That makes Carlos Correa the highest paid infielder in the history of, of Major League Baseball. Uh, so would you rather have Correa for what is essentially going to be one year and 35 million or Trevor Story for 6 and 140? So I think, and I did write a piece um, at Twins Daily about this today. It's not up yet, but I think that Derek Falvey does an awesome job. It's hard to be patient sometimes with not knowing how he's going to construct things, but he does an awesome job giving himself opportunity to pivot. And so, like, Josh Donaldson was the largest contract that we've ever given to a free agent in team history or organization history prior it was close to a hundred million dollar deal and they paid him 30 million. That's it because of COVID. And then because they, they shipped him to New York and whatever. Now you have Carlos Correa, you give him a, a limited no trade clause this year. So you can flip him to a contender if things go belly up. And then the next two years, he has a full no trade clause. So if he opts in, he probably wants to be here because the twins are good, but yeah, you just paid him 105.3 but it might end up being a one-year $35 million deal. Like, they they give themselves so many outs. Kind of like in 2017, I compared it to, like, when they were buying and selling and they traded for Jaime Garcia and then traded him away, ended up making the postseason. I, I mean, to answer your question, like, obviously I'd rather have Correa for longer. Um, I hope he opts into both years of that deal. I don't love – Trevor Story, I think he's a really good player. I don't know that I love him for six years. And I think that the idea of allowing the Twins to have a year of evaluating Royce Lewis, is he an answer at shortstop? Can he be? Um, And if he's not, I mean, Austin Martin I don't think is. But if he's not, then you have the opportunity to then go and find your free agent again next year. Um, So, yeah, I, I love the way they constructed this deal. Books are really clean next year as well. And if Correa's gone and that money's off the books, they're even cleaner. But even if he is, they're clean, right? They have opportunities to go make moves. There were It was reports that Correa, when he was talking with teams, was pointing to like projected war numbers and saying, how are you going to get better? How are you going to get better for me? That makes me feel like if, if you had that conversation with the Twins, they told Carlos Correa, listen, there's more coming after we do acquire you. What's your take on that? Yeah, I would agree with that too. And I think one, it's it's awesome to have somebody that looks at baseball that way. Not necessarily that you have to be this geeky analytical type person, but th- I mean, when the new regime came in and especially when they tran- transitioned from Molitor to Baldelli, that was the big disconnect in losing guys or um, seeing a guy like Ryan Presley or some of those guys go other places and excel the front office had kind of started to put in this um, organizational shift and focus in analytics and being able to squeeze extra out of guys, but they didn't have people in place yet that could convey that information to players. You can't just spit numbers at people. You have to get buy-in. And so if you can have players that are open to it and then you have a system or an organization that can have those conversations, that's huge. I thought, you know, the Sonny Gray trade, um, signified you don't give up a guy like Chase Petty or a top prospect unless you're going to try and compete, especially because you're probably, if you're not competing, you get Sonny Gray for one year then next year. Um, But yeah, with Correa, I think, you know, even if, 
with them likely to sign another mid-level arm, I think they're still going to go ahead and make that big trade. I don't know if it's for Montes. I don't know if it's for Manaya. Maybe they go back to, to Cincinnati and talk about Castillo or Maley. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think Joe Ryan will be the Twins' number two starter on opening day. Some reports, it's not confirmed, coming out today that the Twins may be closing in on Johnny Cueto. And I think the reaction to that would be, all right, but it's another, you know, 36-year-old, past his prime, injury history, coming off a decent year. He threw 100 and something innings, but he's more of the Dylan Bundy level than he is the Sonny Gray level. Maybe a little bit better than Bundy, but definitely worse than Gray. What would be your reaction if the Twins did close in on Johnny Cueto, Ted? It's that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online is where the game starts. Again, this is a great time of year. Opening day right around the corner, just two and a half weeks away. March Madness into the Sweet 16, soon to be the Elite Eight, soon to be the Final Four. It's the most wonderful time of year. Head to the most wonderful site at betonline.net. It's the number one sport spot for all your sports betting needs and info. Yeah, I think that's the right move. But then also, again, more is coming. And I think that um, Cueto is basically their Michael Pineda option. A lot of fans, I was on the train with, hey, let's go get Michael Pineda and run it back. I think there was some concern that his velocity had slipped and his stuff was maybe slipping going down the stretch last year. Obviously, Cueto hasn't been extremely durable over the last handful of years, and he's probably not going to be in the rotation all year. But what that does is it allows – Bundy and Cueto to have a better ceiling um, than just, you know, throwing someone out there. And it once it starts to go, you know, pear-shaped or they get hurt or whatever, you have someone like Bailey Ober, who was your rookie of the year last year for the Twins, at AAA. Like, what, what the Twins failed to do last year with the rotation was that Jay Happ and Matt Shoemaker were probably fine on their own. The, the floor was probably a bit too low for how low the ceiling was. But then there was very little behind them. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're putting a Dylan Bundy and a Johnny Cueto in your four or five slots, and then you have, you know, Josh Winder, Jordan Blazovich, Bailey Ober, those guys ready at AAA to push them out of the rotation, you're in such a better position than having to say, okay, now we have two open spots in our rotation. What do we do? That takes so much. I think for us and for Twins fans last summer, so much wind out of the sails when it was like, why is Jay Hap starting again? We just, I, I couldn't understand it. And But what we did, we knew there was nothing, like as you said, there was nothing behind him. There were injuries in the system. They didn't build that depth. We thought they had depth that they ended up not having. And it was just, it, it was disappointing. And it was frustrating that Shoemaker and Hap kept going out there every fifth day. And they just kept getting pounded. And I think you're right. If they do bring in Cueto and, and make that trade, I think we both expect them to make, the depth looks a lot better. And if you told me at the beginning of the offseason, maybe Bailey Ober starts in AAA, I'd say, wow, they must have had an exceptional offseason, which they needed. They needed that. 
coming into this year and coming into this winter. So I want to ask you, and I, I proposed this on the Lockdown Twins account, we're just going to talk a little bit about what a deal could look like for Frankie Montas. And maybe because there's more of a market for him than, than the Twins had thought, or there's a bidding war. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see Luis Arise, Yoanderan, Keone Cavaco, Drew Stratman for Frankie Montas. How would you feel about a trade like this, Ted, for Frankie Montas? Do you think this is too low, too high? If if the Twins were to transact something like this, where they're trading off, off the Major League roster and from their system, how would you react? Yeah, I think it's an interesting spot that they're in looking at both Montas and Manaya because obviously Manaya's return is going to be a little bit less, I would guess. And it's always hard to evaluate how other organizations view your major league talent, like Luis Arias or even a Max Kepler. I would do that trade tomorrow, any day Mm -hmm. of the week. I think I said that when you put that out there. I love Luis Arias, but the problem is he has one ability, and that's to get on base and hit for an average, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's a very desirable ability, but he's not a plus defender anywhere he plays. He's pretty young right now, and his knees are already bad. I don't know that a guy that maybe plays 100, 120 games for you and is a light-hitting 310 average guy is, like, all that valuable. Then from there, I really like Yuan Duran, and I would love if the Twins started him in the bullpen this year. I think that he could be one of their better relief arms um, out of the gate. But I'm not set on him as a starter long term. I don't know if the the command is going to be there. I don't know if he's got enough pitches um, and durability concerns too. And then, I mean, Cavaco looks kind of like a bust of a pick um, from a couple of years ago. And then Stratman, I like that they got – it's still crazy to me that they got value for a 40-year-old Nelson Cruz for a few months from the Rays of all teams. But Stratman was kind of a throw-in. I think he's probably a reliever. He's at AAA. He didn't have a great season last year. And the Twins right now, as weird as that is, like they're prospect-rich in pitching near the upper mm-hmm. levels. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to have to give up a pitcher, have it be you know the guy that could end up being a reliever and a guy that's just a throw-in. I think the – the fear that I have in dealing for Montes is Royce Lewis being the ask, um, Austin Martin being the ask, even though Austin Martin's probably a center fielder and Buxton's there. Like he's a good enough athlete to move anywhere in the outfield. I wouldn't hate prospect um, headlining with like Jose Miranda just because I'm, he had an amazing 2021. But outside of that, it's been you know, relatively meh. Um, he obviously has a clearer path now to playing time with Urshela being at third base. He could push him easier than he could push Donaldson. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm all in on Montes to a certain degree. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. 
Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill, you want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate and contain only 130 calories in most of the bars. Here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, at the office, in the car, wherever. Throw out all the sugary or calorie-filled treats and replace them with Built Bars. And go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Built Bars are delicious. Built Bars are healthy. Go to Built.com. Promo code LOCKED15. Um, I just I don't want to see them give up one of those top two, three, four guys. Yeah, I've thought for the last week – I've been on that same train with Miranda. I think there's a chance. I think people maybe should accept that there's a chance he's a headliner for for a deal because these these trades they cost. And at the Athletics, it seems like it seems like a team that would want Jose Miranda. As they're just they we just lock him up at third, third baseman, right? Too. They just traded Matt Chapman. Let's lock in Jose Miranda for the next six years. He's ready to go. It seems like, and I think it makes a ton of sense for them. So I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. Uh, Pakoda Ted has the twins, I think at 86 wins right now as currently constructed, which is, uh, awesome. I think the white Sox are at 91 or 92. So it feels like just one more frontline addition and they're right back in the conversation I, to say that, to say that like they are one big trade. Now it's easier said than done, but one big, tra- one big trade from being maybe exactly where they were a year ago in terms of projections. And we see what we see, saw what happened. It doesn't matter really. Uh, at the end of the day, but just to to be there feels it feels unbelievable to where we were in the lockout and even right after the lockout. How does that make you feel that the Twins are just maybe one step away from competing for a division title again this year? Yeah, I think I wrote a couple of articles on that before moves really started to be made because I think both Pakoda and um, Fangraphs waited a little bit, but Pakoda and somebody else put out their pro- projections before really much had happened after the lockout. And I think the twins were at like 83 or 82 wins or something like that. And I really, what that says to me is just how much of a fluke last year was. And I think that really is the truth. The twins were bad last year, but they weren't bad because they didn't have talent. They were bad because they were hurt and they didn't produce at all. And I think that there's a a relative um, understanding that on a year by year basis, if you're a, a talented player, a talented team, there should be some level of rebound. And so even if the Twins didn't figure it out as they have started to do this offseason, there was always going to be some positive regression for them. And then I think the other thing was that the division is not seen as there's no juggernaut. I mean, the the White Sox at 90-91 aren't going to run away and hide, but there's also no terrible team anymore either in that the Tigers and the Royals, they're going to win – 70-ish games and so I think that that gives Minnesota a good opportunity to hey you make this one more move and you're right there at the top and teams are chasing you um and there I mean now with 12 teams in the postseason you make it and you go for it I love the Korea deal as well because I think and Dan Hayes wrote about this a little bit and I think bringing him in now guys like Miguel Sano Max Kepler they look at him they go oh man like they brought in Carlos Correa, like this is for real. And and maybe they, they're always going to feel that way. They're always going to compete, 
But for me, I would think they brought in who projects to be the best shortstop in baseball this year and Carlos Correa, especially with Tatis getting injured now. If I saw Carlos Correa come into that clubhouse, I would be like, ooh, I need to, I need to like put in the work. Like I need to be, I need to, I need to perform because they brought this guy in and made him the highest paid infielder in, in baseball history. And I think that he raises the level of other guys. We said the same thing about Donaldson. It didn't exactly happen that way. So it, it, it's not a guarantee. I think their personalities are probably a little bit different right. too. Right. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily read into this specifically to Donaldson, but I talked with the twins pitcher, I think a day or two before the Correa deal. And he told me, don't sleep on us, even with Gray, and even though we have holes, this is the best clubhouse that I've been in since I was a rookie. And wow. we're all, like, just ready to go, galvanized together, whatever. And I think that Correa, I mean, even when the Astros were going through their turmoil, he was, a like, he held all of that criticism, let guys come at him, and was like, you know what, but we're still talented. I don't yeah. really – if you want to talk crap about us, go for it but we're still going to go out there and compete and win. And I think that's the attitude that he brings to any clubhouse. It's not necessarily, I don't think he's arrogant. I think he is confident. And I think he has a, um, like you said, kind of that galvanizing spirit where guys just, they want to go compete with a guy like that. And when you see your front office, go and get that kind of talent. It It's all systems go. I think there's similar, um, maybe not the same level of talent, feelings wise, but I think that that can kind of play out too with the addition of Gary Sanchez and having him join a team where, I mean, he's known Miguel Sano and Jorge Polanco since he was a kid. So if there's a place that he's going to join and turn his career around and those guys jive off of each other, it's probably Minnesota. Love that point, Ted, because I think 2019 was great because they won a lot, period. But also 2019 was great because it felt like it felt like they were so together. Like it was a family, like it was a great group. They all loved each other. Jonathan Scope steps right down when Luis Arise emerged in the middle of the season and, and gave him his second base role, basically. And now they see Jonathan Scope, they hug him. CJ Crone was a great addition. Obviously, Nelson Cruz was the biggest among them. So I, I hope that that's true this year, that the clubhouse can feel more together. And from an outside perspective, I'm watching on TV, right? I don't understand. I don't, I don't I'm not there. We don't know what's going on. But I agree with you that I wonder if Nelson Cruz's leadership style and Josh Donaldson's leadership style, probably very different. And I wonder the impact it had on the clubhouse and then Nelson leaves and it's just Josh in a losing season. Now it's Correa. I think, I think change is good for this group. And I hope that it ends up being productive over the, the course of the season. Let's talk about that trade. Donaldson of the Yankees, Gary Sanchez, Gio Urshela. I think people are underselling Urshela a little bit. What do you think about this package they got back of Sanchez and Rochelle? Where are you at with those two? Yeah, I thought it was weird um, in a vacuum of what it was at the time because obviously it, it cleared a ton of money, but then it was like, well, you're just using that money for Trevor Story because they, they had the payroll already to right. go get Trevor Story. You didn't need to clear that money. But I think, I think we both are kind of hitting on it is that it wasn't just the money. It was a culture and a – organizational fit and that kind of change. I think Gary Sanchez fits in this clubhouse because of the relationships that I just touched on. And then Gio Urshela too. I mean, sure. Is he a step down probably from Donaldson? Yeah, maybe, but 2020 and 2020, or I'm sorry, 2019, he was one of the Yankees best hitters. He's a great defender last year. I, I mean, I, I did a little box score or stat watching when 
um, we had made the trade and I didn't realize that his injuries were so prominent last year. And I think he got COVID twice. So, I mean, yeah, he had a down year, but you're on the IL five different times. That's pretty up and down to deal with. So the fact that you, you might have gotten a slight downgrade there, but you have a productive player and then you get a backup in Gary Sanchez, who I'm still not sure is a good catcher, but he mm-hmm. probably could be a good DH and he's not, he's not Miguel Sano at the plate. They have different skill sets. They is, it's just a different makeup. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that move works just fine. And obviously you go from, what a week a week and a half ago we thought Isaiah kind of was going to be the twin starting shortstop and now it's Carlos Correa like what a come up 